to The Station Tapes. I'm your host, Lewis Marks, and on this podcast, I share intimate interviews with some of the best musicians on the planet. In my role at Ropeadope, I interview each artist as we prepare for the release of their latest record. I want to get the backstory, the sense of their intent, and their motivation around their new release. i found that given the opportunity, in a relaxed setting, they feel free to open up about musicianship, life, and the challenges of being a professional musician. Tonight on the show, Mr. Dmitrije Vasilyevic. Classically trained in his home country of Serbia, Dimi fell in love with New Orleans jazz and his path led him straight there as he now teaches at Xavier University. His new album, Accidental Nomad, mirrors that journey and clearly demonstrates his influence of classical, jazz, and cultural elements from his home country. artist, uh, Dmitrije Vasilevich. That's correct. <laughs> I, was, I was close enough and pardon my, uh, my bad accent. Uh, that, was, that was perfect, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it's a pleasure to be speaking with you and uh, welcome to the, uh, the Rope Dope extended family here. Uh, Thank you, Liz. Pretty excited about uh, an upcoming release, Accidental Nomad, on May 18th and you know, I want to I want to hear your story. I think it's very important that people understand that. You know, what we find often is that people don't really know how much uh, artists uh, put in to what they do and what they are, and how much risk they're taking. So I want to want to maybe start at the beginning. You are in New Orleans, correct? That's right. I live in New Orleans. Yeah, since last August. So how can you t- tell me the path? Where Where did you start, and how did you end up in New Orleans? Yeah, it's very interesting because um, I actually, I, I come from Serbia, Eastern Europe, and I've been living in the United States for the last 11 years, I think. Yeah, 11 years. So I've always been a musician, I guess, because uh, back in Serbia where I started doing music, I started playing piano when I was five, and we have uh, elementary music schools as well as high music schools. So I was focused on music since I was a kid. But, you know, the thing there is because we have, you know, pretty much like a Russian system of music schools where you have to play classical music, which I really benefited from, but I, I've never, I never saw myself as, as a classical musician. And I always wanted to do something more exciting in terms of having a better chance to be creative at a, at a moment. So I discovered jazz when I was in high school. And that's when I first started thinking about going somewhere where, you know, somewhere abroad where I can actually learn jazz in the higher level than, than it was possible in Serbia. And that's how I ended up in Boston, Brooklyn College of Music in 2007. Uh, I enrolled there. I actually first uh, graduated from a University of Arts uh, Faculty of Music in Belgrade, and I, I got my degree in uh, classical music there. But then uh, when I enrolled at Berkeley, I started playing jazz. An interesting thing, because as you say, I live now in New Orleans, 
is that uh, back in Serbia, even before I, I first came to America, I played in a Belgrade Dixon Orchestra, which is the only Dixon Orchestra in Serbia. <laughs> and I had a lot of experience in playing Dixon, actually. I played there for five years. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so that's kind of interesting fact about it. And Dixon is really not my style now, but I'm, I, you know, I appreciate the fact that I, I was able to start from the roots. So uh, you're painting a picture there, and, and I think it's interesting for people to understand, um, you know, the contrast of how, uh, you know, m music evolves from a community. So uh, you mentioned the Russian system and, 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 and classical music. So I, I assume that, I mean, I guess we all know, you know, Russian classical music is, is kind of the, the high art, is it not? Of, of oh, yes, I absolutely agree, yeah native Russian and, and therefore Serbian, I guess, music. Um, but, but why do they, do they look at New Orleans, as Dixieland as like sort of the root of, uh, of American jazz? Yes, yeah, well, when I said root, I, I actually meant not, not music in general, of course, but American jazz, you know, the beginnings, New Orleans traditional jazz, as they call it. So, I, you know, people start with bebop, people start with, you know, some, some of them even start with fusion, you know, but I was really glad that I actually had the opportunity to start from, you know, what we now know as beginnings of jazz. Yes, yes. Um, and, and what about the choice of, of, of instrument, the piano? What, you know, when did that happen? Played? What, you know, when did you fall in love with the keys? Right, well, that's a funny story because when I was, when I was five, I think, my mom, who also went to, you know, public music school in, in, in Serbia when she was a young girl, uh, she met her... Uh, former professor, this uh, old uh, piano professor, uh, older lady on the street. And, you know, she told her that she, she, she has a little son. And then professor just told my mom, why don't you, you know, bring him, you know, to music school and let's see if he's, he has any talent for music. And then she did that for better or worse, right? <laughs> so here I am now. Uh, so, you know, piano was, I would say, my only choice. Maybe that was fate or, or something like that. But, you know, I, I, I never, uh, never actually thought about playing other instruments. You know, piano was always there. And I always liked piano because, you know, from the very start, I discovered I can do a lot on piano. You know, you can play synthesizers. You can play right, piano. You can use it for creating music, you know, all kinds of stuff. So I really found piano to be an orchestra. Fascinating. Fascinating. I, I want to zoom in on this quote that I'm, I'm, I'm reading right now uh, from Chris Potter which mm -hmm. I mean, this carries some weight, right? Uh, yeah. Dimitri's music occupies a unique space somewhere between the classical piano tradition and jazz. Is that right where we are right now because of your background? And, 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 and I, yeah, yeah that's, that's a good question. That's a good point. The last piece of that was, is it intentional or is it just, just part, part of your history? No, I, I think it's just who I am right now artistically and musically because uh, I had a long education and uh, long-term relationship, if you will, with classical music back in Serbia, you know, with listening and playing and, you know, being uh, uh, involved in it in, in the music, in music school. And I, I guess it just stayed with me, you know, so whatever I do now, I think it, it is, you know, whatever I do in jazz now, I think uh, uh, it, it, it bears a significant mark that has to do with, with, with classical music influence, you know, so Therefore, I think the music I'm currently doing, you know, and, you know, the music on Accidental Nomad, which is coming out soon, is actually a blend of 
contemporary jazz and I guess classical music and also European jazz, which is by itself uh, influenced uh, by classical music and also Serbian traditional ethnic sound. There you go. And I wanted to go there next. What, what, you know, we, we often um, here in the United States ha have this, this, this classification called world music where, where we neatly put uh, music from different areas of the world into a, a, a glass case <laughs> uh, right. into a museum piece. So can you talk a little bit about what sort of, I guess, folk music or, or, or uh, heritage music exists in Serbia? How, how could we place that in, in our understanding and context? Sure, I think it's it's it is a very interesting subject because uh, it is not it, it is not explored enough yet, but I think it's getting there because uh, more and more people nowadays on the world jazz and like world music scene are getting interested into into Balkans music because Serbia right it it belongs to Balkans you know so it is very similar to Bulgarian music, uh, Romanian music, uh, Macedonian music, uh, because you know it, it is interesting geographically. Serbia is right at a junction between uh, two worlds, you know, to describe it like that, Western, Eastern world. So we have a lot of influence from what was called Ottoman Empire, now Turkey, right? Because they were conquering our lands for, for, uh, for centuries. But we also have Western civilization influence. So I guess we kind of took both, you know, best of both worlds. And Serbian music, uh, being Balkan, being part of Balkan music, um, is rich with uh, odd meters, and not only seven, nine, eleven, but also some compound odd meters like you know, twenty-five, twenty-seven, twenty-nine, eight. And it is interesting, you know, when you go to a wedding uh, in Serbia and you see a bunch of people who are, who are non-musicians perfectly dancing to like you know nine or eleven you know, traditional songs without even knowing what they're doing. And it, it's really, really amazing to see that. And, you know, when you go somewhere, you know, countryside in Serbia, you can see, uh, uh, you know, shepherds playing 25, 8 meters without ever missing a beat. <laughs> so that's, you know, that fascinated me uh, always. But actually, it wasn't before I first came to the United States that I really started appreciating, you know, my heritage, my musical traditional where, where I'm actually coming from seeing you know all those people from different cultures having the opportunity to meet them to share my experiences with them and then I, I started you know thinking all right like if, if you know these people from you know Latin America you know playing their you know Afro-Caribbean styles and you know these people from Africa playing their African styles and these people from Asia playing their styles so wait I must have something that's mine too you know that I can share with them and that's where I actually started exploring more and more of my music and, you know, I, I actually fell in love with it uh, only, only after I, I came to America. Fascinating. Fascinating. Uh, how did the Roma factor into that folk or, or the, mu you know, basic music of Serbia? Is that, is that an influence? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's a great question because Roma music is, I think, it, it's getting bigger and bigger nowadays. I was also fascinated with that. You know, I play some of that traditional music. I enjoy going to, you know, what we call kafana, and that's actually a name for a traditional Serbian restaurant, you know, which is, um, which has a very, which could be a very raw experience because you really get traditional Roma music and or Serbian music. You know, those two are kind of intertwined. 
And it's fascinating because Rama, Rama music has its, its own musical theory, its own acoustical pr principles. I, I wouldn't say that there is a lot of, you know, specifically Roma-influenced music in, in my music, but there is some of it for sure. I think the most interesting thing about this, and, and it is one of the subjects that comes up or themes that comes up in a lot of conversations, is the balance between the high art uh, and, you know, and the, and, and the dance music, you know? It's there in jazz, right. the contrast between Lincoln Center and Preservation Hall, uh, you know? Uh, right, right. <laughs> far down the street, you know? Um, and, and, and then yet, uh, you you, you can't really separate this. And I think everybody kind of, I, th I think we can understand the beauty of the high yeah. art, but, but, but we all want to dance a little bit, you know? <laughs> right. So, you know, as humans, I think that, that uh, there's an interesting parallel with that, with, with uh, how we define sophistication or how we define quality, uh, especially in this crazy, the world that we live in now where we're, yeah. We're, we're seeing supposedly well we're seeing wealthy people act <laughs> act in ways that uh <laughs> that are surprising right exactly right <laughs> I, I, I love it and i love that that piece uh that you mentioned about you know i wrote down high art in the meadow when you said the shepherds are uh you know playing right. and understanding things that you would not ordinarily think uh that they would they would they would work with so Let's jump forward. You're you're in New Orleans, but you're teaching there, right? Yes, I'm an assistant professor of jazz at Xavier University of Louisiana. Wow, and 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 so how are you finding that? And 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 uh, I assume all uh, eighteen to twenty something, young twenty kids, or? Oh yes, yes, absolutely. That's that's an undergraduate program, and uh, it it is very very interesting, and I'm really thankful for this experience. I, I would say it's a godsend because. Uh, you know, I had the opportunity to live in many places in, in Europe and, and especially America. I lived in New York City. I lived uh, close to Chicago and Champaign, Illinois. I lived in Boston. Of course, I lived in Belgrade. I played a lot in Austria. But now, you know, being in New Orleans, it's interesting because, of course, it's the birthplace of jazz. And, you know, it's, it's just a never-ending great experience in terms of, you know, being able to discover all those, as, as I said, you know, previous roots of jazz. But, you know, interesting fact is that, uh, you know, the college where I'm teaching, university where I'm teaching, it's, it's a black Catholic university. Me being from Serbia, you know, coming here to first study and learn jazz and now to teach it, it is interesting to come here and actually teach jazz to, you know, inhabitants of the city that created jazz. <laughs> so it's kind of... It is a funny, it's a funny thing. And, you know, at the same time, being, being able to learn from them because you can really, really feel jazz on every corner of this city in its many forms and ways. You know, being a traditional jazz or modern jazz or something in between or some kind of blend, it is a really amazing experience for me. So I'm really thankful for, for being here in this city. Excellent, excellent. Um, so let, let's turn our attention to 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 this recording uh accidental nomad which i, I think the title mm -hmm. has already been uh, uh explained <laughs> right kind of yeah right. do you, you want to elaborate on that a little bit well sure i mean it, it, it just it, it's my third city as as a leader so all of all of the compositions are, are my originals 
And, you know, the, I, I always tend to have some kind of a bigger story, you know, like a programmatic music like they did in classical music by some of the composers. So my first CD was called The Path of Sylvan, and that was my debut CD, uh, which was, it was just the path that I kind of, I was, I was starting with, you know, the path of jazz, the path of, you know, being, living, you know, alone by myself in the big world, you know, trying my luck on the big scene. And then the next CD was called Metaphor. It was a solo piano. And then this one is Accidental Nomad because it, it's really, you know, the, the first two CDs, I would say they, they explored the inner world of, of, of the artist. You know, I was kind of trying to express some of my feelings about, you know, what I feel artistically and what I generally feel about, about you know, my current life. But then this third CD, which is coming out now, Ropado, Accidental Nomad, is my first attempt to actually explore the outer world, you know, the, the world outside myself and the places I've been, places I lived, you know, all the interesting people uh, I had the opportunity to meet. So, you know, I would say that I never actually intended to travel, you know, to live abroad or, you know, to travel the world because I was raised in a very traditional Serbian family. My dad is an artist. He's an opera singer. And my mom is a, is a, uh, also professor at university, wow. but you know, they, they, I mean, I, I always kind of, I meant to stay there and to have a family there, you know, but it just happened that music actually made me travel everywhere and move a lot. And that's why I called my city Accidental Nomad. So I didn't really mean it, but it happened. And I'm actually really happy because of it. Well, I'm happy as well, because uh, not only for the beauty of the music that you're making, uh, but also because um, the accidental nomad is, is a necessary, you're a necessary leader at this point in the world. I think, you know, as we become, uh, it seems there's a push for people to sort of close off a little bit. And I find right. that on uh, musicians in general, and that's why I, that's my life's path is to, to follow you guys. Your, uh, your, your ambassadors, because you have this world experience and you're transmitting information to people that is uh, important. So right. I want to thank you for that. Oh, thank you for your kind words. And uh, yeah, I'm really glad you're seeing things like that because yeah, I think I also, I, I agree with you. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, and I, and I think if people are listening to this, that's, that's an important way to view uh, musicians. Uh, you know, we tend to think in these, you know, just about post-capitalistic times, uh, you know, that pretty is the thing. But really what you have here is uh, are people who have traveled the world like yourself and who can bring an informed perspective to, to people, uh, starting with the music and then, and then following with some, some poignant comments. Uh, exactly. Right. Exactly. Well, actually, I, I'll say quickly, I, I do hope that you can get up here to what we call East Philadelphia, which is really South Jersey. Uh, mm -hmm. Come and visit us and play. Uh, we don't have a piano in, in the room, but we, we can find something. I think there's a studio right nearby, and maybe we can oh. we can uh, get you on video here. if you're. I'd love to, yeah, anytime. I'd love to. Good. Um, and, and I want to ask, is there, you know, aside from folks queuing up the, the record and, and listening intently, which I urge everyone to do, is there anything that you want to say, you know, to the, to the listener in addition to the music itself about what this, this record means? Yeah, I would say, you know, uh, that 
it is important. I, I at least am trying to create each, each one of my records, you know, especially this one, uh, as, as a book with, with uh, several chapters. So I really see each of my songs not only as a separate entity, uh, but really as a part of a bigger, like a really, really a chapter of the book, you know, if, if we look at the album as a book. So, you know, it's almost like movements of sweet, not really just individual songs. I try, you know, giving the title to each of my tunes. I really believe in titles and I really believe in the meaning behind every song. And I'm also trying to do that when I play in concerts and, and you know, different kinds of performances and shows. I'm always trying to talk to the audience to actually explain some of my thoughts behind each of the songs we're going to perform. I'm not a big advocate of just, you know, going, uh, going on the stage and just playing your thing and, you know, never actually looking at the audience. I'm always trying to tell the story, you know, with playing or verbally. So, you know, that, that would be my suggestion to, to the audience listeners of this album to actually try to view it not only as, you know, music for the sake of music, but actually as a story, as a book. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that because now I will revisit uh, with that in mind. Okay. <laughs> Wonderful. So, Dimitri, Dimitrie, right. <laughs> getting better. Uh, I want to thank you very much for, for making this beautiful music and uh, sharing it with us, and, and I look forward to sharing it with the world. Uh, and for well, the bit, mm -hmm. sorry, go on. No, I just wanted to, to tell you thank you uh, again for having me in Rope Dope family. I'm really honored, and I'm really, really looking forward uh, to uh, the release of this album. Excellent. So that's, uh, we have a pre-order coming up on April 20th. People can find this album on uh, Bandcamp uh, and uh, iTunes and Spotify, all the usual places. Mm -hmm. uh, the official release date is May 18th. Tune in to ropeadope.com uh, and uh, Dimitri's website. You'll find information there. And uh, this is great. Thank you so much, Dimitri. Uh, I'm You're very welcome. Face, but there you go. Thank you so much, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you very much, Luis. Have a good one. Well, that's our show for the week. Thanks for listening to The Station Tapes. If you like what we do, please subscribe on Mixcloud at 21 Soul, and you can also find us on Stitcher, Apple, and Spotify. Our 21 Soul video series features in-person interviews, music discussion, and live performances, and you can find that on YouTube at Ropadope99. Big thanks to our producer, Nick Perry. Our general manager is Fran DeRubo. The Station Tapes theme song is from Red Hook Soul by Michael Blake. And big thanks to all the people who keep the flame burning, to all the musicians who pour their creativity into the world, and thanks to those of you who are taking the time to listen. We hope you enjoy the show.